Sweet. Should we get a just in case? I yep. think all my stuff looks good. I'm going to kick it off, yeah? And we're back. Welcome back to another Practice Makes Perfect podcast. It's your favorite Fortnite commentator here, Monster D-Face. We're in the building, bringing you guys another episode. As usual, we want to thank you guys for tuning in, downloading these bad boys, and also just set the stage for you all. The Practice Makes Perfect podcast series in general covers esports content at large. But of course, we talk about our favorite topics in games like Fortnite and everything else in between. But with that, do not forget to maybe leave us a little review. Maybe a, maybe a comment under the episode. They do go a long way helping support us and getting it out there. So we thank you. Let's jump on into it. Today we have the returning, of course, John Rush on the on the buttons, man. What's up, John Rush? Hey, what's up, everybody? Hope you're doing well. I'm excited about this topic today. I really am. Yeah, we have a lot to talk about. I mean, today is going to be a little different. In the past, we have dropped episodes where we kind of, I want to say laser in, focus in on something of, of an individual topic and give some more in-depth thoughts and feels. And again, this is why we want to encourage you all, give us feedback. Maybe you enjoy some of these shorter form episodes where we just, you know, go off and, and kind of deep dive into something. And that deep dive today, John, why don't you take us through it, man? It's a little bit of skill gap. It's a little bit of, uh, I call it pandering personally, but we're going to get into it. Let's let's talk yeah. about it. Yeah, so wanted to, as a, as a Call of Duty player, uh, if, if you haven't seen the Twitter, let me just tell you the question of what is skillful in the game? What is, a, what actually is a skill gap? What game features and changes actually equate to something actually taking truly more skill or a different kind of skill? And then really the, the question at heart there is which audience should a game management team production cater to the, the uh, ravenous core who are who are playing all the time at a competitive level content creators we would put them under that because they do it for a living or should they should they cater to the casuals the people who might be larger in number but play a smaller amount each week and also just another question to really think about what happens when a team that undergoes development and finds success changes from maybe finding a new north star from where they began i want to say We've seen a lot of games, a lot of titles maybe pick up and begin in a particular place. But as the success comes, as the growth comes, maybe investment, maybe just the money in general, things start to change. And I do feel like that's kind of the one of, one of the stories of today's day and age with gaming in particular. Devs across the space, we, I feel like, have kind of lost our touch with what we would once call maybe hyper-competitive titles. The closest to do it in recent times. Let's give let's give some credit to Valorant. I think they've true to staying a competitive title, not necessarily veering off the path of trying to go down and create a console port or version of the game. Right? They're saying no. This game's for PC players. This game's you know be hardcore. We want to balance it to be as such. But you mentioned Call of Duty. Call of Duty's been in a bit of a different space. Yeah. Well, and I, and I think you. Valorant is an amazing game and we we talk a lot about Riot on this program. Like we look up like look up to them, we esteem them, we think they do a lot. You know, they haven't made a game yet that I feel like has captured my personal attention. I haven't played League in a long time, but they are coming out with an MMO, so y'all better believe me and Monsters probably going to be on that whenever probably, that comes maybe, out. Yes. But I also want to give I think Valorant doesn't happen without Counter-Strike being a game that also stood the test of time planted themselves saying we are a competitive game. I um, mean, like, this is who we are. And so I think that Valorant 
Riot was smart to build a game within that ecosystem. Would, would you agree that Counter-Strike is a, a core element of that? Absolutely. And no one thought it was possible. The idea of, I think Valorant was called Project A before it kind of switched over to the name Valorant's Project something there. But to make a long story short, it didn't look very good, but it played pretty well. And that was really all it took for it to kind of get the foundation it needed and for the Riot devs to probably find all the confidence in the world to say, yeah, we have something special and we know we do. And then they went just all in in, in that direction. But yeah, Counter-Strike. Counter-Strike absolutely set the bar, right? And they proved that you can you can build an eSport. You can build something that people love and gravitate towards for years to come. Also, think about it. Counter-Strike is not one of the titles that kind of went through the... Uh, I will, I'll, actually, I'll backtrack. Counter-Strike is the type of title that stuck to the, to the IP, to the name, and didn't necessarily drop like Counter-Strike 2, Counter-Strike 3, right? They kind of found their niche they found the game they found a product that they loved they enjoyed on a on a build that they enjoyed of course we had other counter strikes i'm not saying there weren't previous iterations but they're one of the few to say you can stick with a single game the same maps develop it tweak it make it better and you can find success whereas the call of duty model i mean as we know and maybe now times are changing john but year to year new title almost the same thing but not the same thing right tweaking it making it worse making it better that's all, of course, up for discussion here. But I do want to jump into that. I want to jump into Call of Duty in particular. Yeah, and and so many games have gone through it. It makes me think of, um, oh my goodness, is, is Zero Builds like over a year old now? It, we're getting there. It might might wow. actually be past the year mark. Wow. And I think, again, that was, that was managed in a much more clear way, to be honest, which we'll probably come back to that. Maybe tip our hats to Epic and the manner to which they did this. But, you know, a, a constant tension in every call of duty release is what is the multiplayer going to be like but even with some slight tweaks uh, throughout the years has stayed generally the same there's been different seasons advanced warfare where movement is is expounded upon etc cetera, etc cetera. but really with the release of warzone uh it has opened up the call of duty community to what we all many of us know and love in the battle royale space and warzone really did change and expand call of duty and and for for at least a solid two years, I think just a lot of fresh life and vitality while multiplayer was kind of like chugging along, you know, CDL and like, you know, where's the next nade shot? We kind of haven't seen it. Where's the next skump? You know, we kind of haven't seen it, but, but Warzone was this bright spot. And recently monster, I don't know if it's been on your Twitter algorithm, but it certainly has been on mine. People are very upset. There are, there are two camps, but overwhelmingly esports professionals and content creators are very upset that transition from Warzone one, the Warzone 2 seemed to mark a much more casual approach to the way the game is played, giving an advantage to the everyday guy, the every average Joe versus the, the, uh, the cracked out Call of Duty killer. And a lot of that does have to do with the movement. It has to do with what some people call the clunkiness of the game, kind of really simplifying things down. And even when exploits are found, I mean, those usually get passed and taken out the game as well right so it makes it very clear that the devs don't want you to be able to have what we would call like that maybe that slight edge in skill like if you have significant skill gap over the opponents they want to separate the two and this is also kind of leads sorry you guys might be catching my dogs in the background right now someone's at the hey, door that's real we like it that's yes awesome. sir we'll leave it in here and then we have call of duty call of duty where we start to see the game begin to make that evolution right from Warzone 1 to Warzone 2, they start to break down the movement in the game. They slow it down, and then when exploits are found, you'll see the devs immediately start to patch and fix those things. And these are sometimes, again, exploits are 
give or take can be good or bad for the game. In some instances, like we've seen in Fortnite, exploiting called rocket riding was a way to increase your movement. And, you know, that led to like viral clips and, and the, the devs embraced that. Fortnite by no means is saint when it comes down to allowing exploits in a game that increase the skill gap. But Call of Duty in particular, when we start to see these things happen, they've been on the side of really removing it and building the game to be slower. And I think, I think yeah. this is what you're talking about. The players are quickly to picking up on it pretty quickly because the games are coming out back to back. So it's like, yeah. you know, they pick up Warzone 1 and they just killed Warzone 1 and then they drop Warzone 2 and all of a sudden you're kind of just stuck with this. There's no other product. Yeah, well, and, and I feel, I feel there, I'm torn because I'm, I'm in a part of my life where I don't have... I don't have the hours. I don't even get to game every day, you know, whereas you're talking about through the course of my life, uh, it was not, especially when I was younger and single, you know, I, I was playing Halo or Call of Duty or World of Warcraft at the time, five plus hours a day. Like I'm used to being, putting a lot of time in, competing in game battles, trying to compete at tournaments. Like that was my story. I don't have that right now. And so in one sense, like I appreciate some of it because I do benefit from some of it. I'm not going to lie. So it has leveled the playing field and made me want to drop into this new map. But where I feel the frustration of other players and, and specifically content creators is that when you slow the game down and you take some of the things out, you, you really mitigate some of what a lot of players think is, is the best thing. So coming from Warzone 1, Monster, some of the things that, that we lost, um, that again, Warzone started just like Fortnite. When it first came out, it was a clunky BR. People were standing on top of buildings sniping and they were figuring it out and they were... You know, they were just, it was all clunky, but by the end of it, especially with the introduction of the smaller, more fast paced 50 person variant of it, resurgence, people had created a way of moving, combining things like slide canceling to reset the, the sprint timer with even cycling certain weapons to go faster to the stim mechanic where you would pop a, it was an in-game item that would make you sprint faster. And then coupled with one shot snipers, I mean... These Warzone players were used to a speed and it was not uncommon for them to be able to, to drop a four piece in a matter of moments. Whereas now with all that's lost, I think they feel like all that happens is they get killed in a corner from a dad. And it's so interesting because, you know, you have games like in, in the past, right? Guns the Duel, super fast paced, but that's like kind of the hook, right? It has this, this level of dashing and mechanic and movement that feels so good. I think, I think... What it is, it kind of scratches that that uh, that dopamine, right? You catch that that big hit of just adrenaline and rush when you are moving fast and you feel like you're getting stuff accomplished and done. And you, like we said, you drop a game like that and then you instantly flip the script and all of a sudden now it feels very different. And this is why we see a lot of this backlash coming out. I want to start jumping into the more of the topic. Why do we think that is, right? It's very clear that devs are trying to make their game slower, do you think it's because of the fact that there's there's this real belief at the top that if a player is getting demolished by another good player, they're not going to enjoy themselves and they're not going to log in? Because I don't really agree with that, right? And this is kind of that other discussion that Curious JD brings up so often, like skill-based matchmaking does not belong in like regular game modes. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, the first thing that comes to my mind is, you know, the one of the first games I grinded, which was World of Warcraft, which is not a first-person shooter, but the time when I started, which is in the early 2000s, I mean, I had become, on my server, the best uh, in my faction at my class, so two factions, Horde and Alliance, and I was considered, um, at the start of the first expansion of World of Warcraft, the Burning Crusade, so this is 2007, 2008, the best 
druid healer in on on my faction on my server and i was awesome and i won pvp i won pve the problem is i was failing ninth grade <laughs> and and so i wonder if game devs are just trying to avoid people feeling like playing at playing at a way that makes you at least feel like you're at a high and successful level is going to cost you your social life and in other parts of your life i wonder if that's what they're feeling from people well, if that is the case, just recently, a 14-year-old became one of the first, I believe, one of the first players to hit Valorant in basically the, the highest level in Valorant. Why can't I remember the name of the, the actual title right now? Is it Radiant? I went to uh, aim yeah. for Radiant. It's Radiant and then Immortal. Radiant and Immortal. first and then, yeah, yeah. So a 14-year-old just actually achieved that, and his game time played, I think, averaged out to over eight hours a day. So we're talking wow. about a freshman in high school who's gaming at eight hours a day to achieve the highest level in Valorant. You talk about, yeah, like the pros and cons, kids losing their kind of social life to it. I mean, we've already seen different smaller things opening up like major companies to lawsuits. I think there's a lot of different elements at play here. There could be, of course, that hidden element of that. I mean, even Fortnite just recently faced a huge lawsuit for not having an additional layer of protection before someone makes a purchase from their store. And uh, we start looking at, like I said, Valorant, which, which again, is on the opposite. And they, they kind of embrace all of that, embrace the fact that you need a lot of time to put in the, the grind here. But let's look at a game like Rust. Rust that kind of began what I would say probably started as a obviously a passion project. It was hardcore, though. It was much more difficult. Granted, that could be because we had the time at which it was created, the lack of maybe, you know, the development of the game features and things like that. But from where it is from then till now, it's become a much more casual game, a more pick-up-and-play type game. But also, that could be contributed because they expected so many more players to play it when it went to console. Well, and, and uh, something that's interesting with both Rust and World of Warcraft is that they have re-released more hardcore versions of the game. And while they saw initial success, the modern version of the game won out. So with World of Warcraft, they re-released Classic and which, I mean, just to give a frame of reference, like to get max level in current World of Warcraft, you know better than me because you've been playing a little bit more recently. But you know, I mean, is a moderate amount of time. Like honestly, you can knock it down at what, a week? Like A week, a week if you're playing? playing a lot. No, no, a week if you're playing of, a lot in my opinion. Play? Two to three weeks if you're like just logging on, you know, trying to, you know, yeah. and working your way towards max level whereas in retail like the the modern version you can literally do it in eight to ten hours worth of gameplay so yeah less than yeah a week that's for what i sure. meant i was going with retail for, right yeah in the original version of world of warcraft it took me i think four months to get max level four like, months well again that was a different time right when people well, had to and, figure and, out the game even now yeah, though it still takes like we didn't three have to four to five weeks we didn't have guides and on a pvp server you'd get camp some night so anyway and saw initial surge it saw a surge initially but it's kind of falling back down and same with rust they released a hardcore mode to try to quell some of the frustrations of the content creators saying it used to be this you know they added a hud and a map and but that has kind of fizzled out too so it's interesting to see how we sometimes don't always even align with what we think we want well there's games right now that kind of scratch that hardcore itch Elden Ring and the Dark Souls and the entire Soul series kind of has shown us that a game can be absolutely difficult and still appeal to mass number of players and, and get you purchases and downloads. Another game as well, John, I'm not sure if you've seen this one, but Darker and Darker. 
That you game is so sick, and it is literally World about as right hardcore now. as it gets. It's, it's. I mean, it's it's a simulation type dungeon crawler. You get in if you get eliminated or pretty much get killed and hunted out during the round. You lose all of your gear. It stays forever. But there's also the class system behind it. Like you are, you have the rogue, you have your barbarian, your clerics. So it's kind of got this MMO vibe to it. It's a PVE, definitely heavy on the PVP side. Very, very good game. It's going to be coming back in rotation as the devs kind of release it. But this is going to be a game that we revisit in conversation in the future because where it is right now, it is about as hardcore as it gets. But they've had a lot of success, a lot of downloads, a lot of people checking it out recently, right? Since they've kind of hit that mainstream population. That's a kind of dev team. Maybe they change. Maybe they don't. Maybe they stay true to their guns. But what we've seen so far is that it seems like as these entities start to find success, they decide, hey, you know what? I don't know if it's investor money. I don't know if it's the greed of just, right, becoming more and more like the dopamine that you get from just being widely accepted. But there's something there. There's something that changes in the development cycle of most of the games, especially the shooters that we see. We just don't see many hardcore ones. I want to say maybe Escape from Tarkov, Counter-Strike, Valorant, right? Three titles, if that. Well, I think Apex Legends is is should be on that list to be honest i think they're i can I I, get with that i think i think they're gonna i think that's the path they're gonna take and nick Merckx, who honestly i mean the dude's just a dog bro i don't think people realize he he literally is a he is one of the few that is a full-time content creator and is actually playing apex legends at a professional level now he has not want, like he's not cracked into any kind of top three placement like consistently but he is up there and he did he did a clip recently talking about how when he went to Warzone, he was like, man, it just feels good to play with the boys. And War he's like, Warzone 2, he's like, I just love jumping on, I play with the boys. He's like, but Apex is where I go in and I lean in and I put, I put my headband on and I sweat and I go, you know? And I just think that I really don't know that my opinion, to get into the heart of the matter, your question, I don't know that there's a right or wrong. I just think games have to decide what they are. And I do think that Call of Duty knowing its history, knowing how comfortable it is being in the limelight of culture. I mean, it is one of the original games. Right. They probably feel more of a pressure to appeal to a wider fan base than, than other games. And that's kind of what I was leaning towards just in conversation here. I'm thinking that games like Call of Duty, or, or not just the games, like the devs have made up their mind, right? The team, the direction where they're going, sales is their number one priority. They're going to make sure the population is as high as it can be because... I mean, they're owned by Activision Blizzard and all that good stuff, right? Like, there's, there's big, big numbers at play there. Uh, but what I, what I want to say is maybe there was a time when they were a competitive title, but that time's gone. And what needs to happen is the player base needs to accept that. I think the players need to not look at that product and, and try to approach it with a traditional lens that they, they had in the past, right? It's kind of grown past that cycle, if you will. It almost reminds me of Fortnite in, in a sense, Fortnite has this really weird identity crisis, if you, if you will. That's a game that inherently can be like legitimately as competitive as you want it to be. It literally has just built in the core mechs of a game that has an incredible skill ceiling attached to it, right? With the building mechanic. But of course, they, they build the game to be so widely adopted by the masses, right? So they kind of have this struggle constantly, and it's why... The esports scene for Fortnite in particular has been on a decline, right? Kind of yep. the, the magic phase is, is gone and left. And now we're in this, this a bit of a more of a dull state that it's, it's trying to find its way out of.
but the game is kind of in that middle ground whereas call of duty has the opposite kind of issue here it's like the fortnite players want this to be competitive because it started out as that like it just rocketed to peak competitiveness and the devs are like no 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 no, shut it down we got to make this very widely accepted and then call of duty was like it started off competitive and all the players kind of loved it and and it was it was also at the same time super widely recognizable and accepted and now it's it's like they're still trying to be this esports sort of but you see the changes coming in here it's like they're kind of hiding the fact that they are really focused on the numbers well it's interesting though a lot of what you'll see in these discussions on Twitter and Reddit are linking uh, the stats from Steam. Um, and that's a, that can be a very skewed stat. And I'll say why in a minute. Obviously, most people can probably conclude it for themselves. And so right now, a couple of days ago from this recording, Warzone 2, despite making these changes to appeal to a wider audience, hit its lowest uh, peak 24-hour player count that's a problem. Um, since the launch. And I would attribute that off the cuff. Well, first, let me say why that's probably why why that may be skewed, and they may be seeing something we're not. That's PC. This what we know. Like again, if you're listening to this podcast, you are you are a fairly serious gamer. Like you are plugged in. But for all we know, and what probably statistics and sales that we don't have regular access to could tell us, is there is an army of everyday dudes who literally play on a webcam mic in an old Xbox 360 headset. And they're loving life right now. And they don't even know that they just don't even factor well, into it. Well, the it. thing is, a lot of them don't even know gaming Twitter exists. We're kind of in our own echo yeah. chamber. If you really think about it, we're such yeah. a niche, like yeah. everyone knows everyone, like literally almost it feels like that sometimes because it is such a niche bubble that we live in, not only because we're on a particular platform, but again, it's just gaming and it's these these game titles that kind of parse up the space. Not a lot of people are as robust, right? And even their game selections. Fortnite has has seen something super interesting in that same exact area that it's hard for us to gauge how many people are playing competitive. We know for a fact though, it's higher than ever. But like the top, top, top tier pros, the best, the best have been falling out of the ranks, have been leaving the game, right? And what like what does that mean for the the future of the game? Are people going to fill in those voids? Are other people going to step up? We do know, like I said, there are more players competing than ever. And we use this, instead of using Steam and Fortnite, we use Fortnite Tracker. Fortnite Tracker only tracks you if you, at some point or another, throughout the duration of the tournament, break into top 10,000. There was a time when they had like 20,000 or so teams tracked. And just as of last season, I think there were close to like 60,000 or so teams tracked that at some point broke top 10K, which tells us that the pool beyond that is probably like hundreds of thousands, right? Like, Right. So the numbers, huge jump since the new chapter. But again, the top, top, top tier pros, the vocal ones, the ones with the influence, the ones that stream on Twitch, they're not putting the content in. They're, they're not necessarily enjoying themselves. And this is what happens when we have games that play this middle ground. It does seem like it's, it's, it's almost, you know, shooting yourself in the foot in a sense, right? So you talk yeah. about Call of Duty, it could very well be the same reason. They're kind of going down this, this path of, not necessarily picking a side. You can't really play both. It's almost like you got to do one or the other, or otherwise you kind of have this, I think, this uh, this narrative around your game all the time that people are not happy. And I think your point to the content creators is certainly what can, what I would bet money on would justify the modern, the Warzone Steam numbers. Because again, average PC gamer is more plugged into gaming, Twitter, Twitch. They're going to ride. And, 
And what we know is that these Warzone 2 content creators, Aiden, Swag, uh, Tim, Dr. Disrespect, Kurt, we forget how, if you add it up, we forget how many people are actually, their bread and butter is, is, has been Call of Duty. Large part of it. They're frustrated. And so the only content they're actually putting out is frustration-based content on the game. And I'm like, at a certain point, you're going to like, they're called influencers for a reason. So they're influencing people. I, I hear what you're saying from Fortnite is almost like their silence and lack is making people dissipate. I think the vocal frust and constant frustration of, of these war zone content creators is not causing a dissipation. They're driving people away. And the thing that makes me sad about that is that while I understand that they are frustrated and rightly so, and this is their livelihood, I feel like they're shooting themselves in the foot. Oh, like, what 100%. do you have to gain? Try your best. I don't know. We see this all the time, and this is something we preach across Fortnite. I tell this to any influencer. Like, this is your job. At the end of the day, you need this game to do well. You need your the people that watch you to be invested in the, the game that you're playing and yourself as a creator. And when you are you know, carrying around a pessimistic attitude and, and you're just negative on social all the time, dude, your content is going to suffer along with your own personal frustration. Like you are literally only making your own job much more difficult. And yeah, there's, there's an argument to be made. You got to put the stress on the devs and you got to, you know, kind of fight for change. I get that. But a lot of these creators don't, don't really understand that you are hurting yourself in the long run. But again, see now, now what, what it makes me think is, at least Fortnite is kind of transparent. Like, hey, we're we're casual. Like, we got Kid Leroy, right? Skin dropping yeah, right yeah. now. Yeah. And then, but like, like I said, Call of Duty, not not quite the same, but it does seem like they're on similar paths, and they have been just recently. Well, and I to that note on like Fortnite, I was just at breakfast with with uh, two two high school guys. Taught a class this morning. We got breakfast before at a local high school, and um, dude looked. Uh, just tired we had to get a, we were at breakfast <laughs> like 7 30 because it's like a school day type vibes he looked ravaged and i go bro i was like what what happened last night he's like bro i was playing fortnite and i'm like huh he's like and this is not like this is not a gaming twitter kid doesn't watch twitch plays on console and he's like yeah bro he's like i just been loving this new this this new chapter this new season like he's like he's like i was like oh you've been playing zero builds he's like no bro i've been cranking He's like, I'm Ooh. dropping 12. But like, now this is a kid who never, he has a lot of other interests. He's never thinking FNCS, but here you go. And then the kid sitting across from him goes, man, I need to get back into it. And so I'm like, I just think from our ivory little tower, we get so insulated and we forget sometimes that, that beyond the content bubble of what we're doing, some of these companies are doing a good job at reaching just people, you know? And, and even like a specific feature he said is he's just like, I love the hammer. He's like the hammer and, and the new Fortnite update ga gives me a level of mobility and it just makes the game so fun. And, and so I think we get so isolated on our little perspectives. Yeah, no, I agree. And listen, I'll be honest. If, if I had to choose a side, I'm going to go with the side that is going to prioritize fun, right? And, and to me, and this is, this is two totally different types of fun. There is exuberant amount of fun in just playing a game that's casual, stress-free, and I could just log on and dude, I could, I could kick back and enjoy myself. That's what I love about World of Warcraft. But there's an equal amount of tension and fun in a game that is extremely difficult. And I know exactly what I'm signing up for when I launch that game. And that's what like darker and darker was for me during the beta test just a couple weeks back. But you see, I don't choose Fortnite or Call of Duty because those games 
if anything, are much more stressful. There's something that I don't know what it is about it. There's a stress involved in like BRs in particular that when I when I when I decide as a gamer nowadays, when I choose a game, it's either I'm gonna play something super hardcore that could be methodical and it's gonna be skill cap and I'm gonna enjoy that experience, or I'm gonna go the complete opposite way. I don't I don't land anymore on the games in the middle. I just don't. It's either no. I'm signing up for a full hardcore experience. I know exactly what I'm gonna do. I'm gonna play as casual as it gets. Like, and to me, that's literally World of Warcraft. PVE rating, like pressing buttons, like super simple, right? Yeah, super simple. And and I mean, you're talking about a game in World of Warcraft where you could literally just walk around and pick flowers, like yeah. on God, you know. And and honestly, what's so funny is you bring up Rust. Is I mean, honestly, a lot of I play Rust as they're like, sure, some weekends, some wipes. You know, we go crazy PvP. Honestly, bro, sometimes it's just so nice to load into a thing, go shoot a pig, harvest the pig, right? Book the pig, <laughs> talk to my friends, take the train to the underground, whatever. Maybe gank one dude. But I'm I'm telling you, bro, and I've been I've got a buddy who made the switch when Warzone 2 came out, uh, to as a full-time Apex content creator. He made the switch to Warzone because he kind of noticed that hey, Apex, the future of Apex is really like competitive and I don't know that that's me. I'm more of an entertainer. But what's funny is every time I play with him, shout out preacher guy. I love you, but oh my God, because they're making content. There is something, you nailed it. Something about BRs right now feels so sweaty. Like, bro, I won't even play a BR right now without like slamming coffee or an energy drink. And in the middle of my normal day, when I'm tired, I don't always want that. Sure, there are some days where I get that itch and I'm like, ah, but bro, I don't always want that. That's what I'm saying. Exhausting. There's, there's something so taxing about battle royales and it's not just like the game like it's not just battle royale it's like it's the it's the ones that kind of land in this weird spot that you don't like you, you kind of you hope to have this certain fun experience but it's just not that because like you're not playing fortnite and like oh yeah i'm logging into ranked and it's like a ranked mo no you're not opening call of duty oh yeah it's ranked call of duty like you're just not getting that this these games are in the middle and they're just too sweaty to be fun for like mega casual and they're definitely you know, getting closer to that comp side or they're losing that comp touch. So it's like kind of this middle ground that's not very, you know, again, exciting or thrilling to me anymore. But Apex is different. Apex, you know, there's a quite legitimate ranked game mode and that's like kind of like that has that Valorant feel to it. Like, you know exactly what you're signing up for. It's it's very much chisel down. They cut the fat and, and that's what you're playing. So well, yeah, games, games and, are definitely in a weird spot. And I think though, it's like you just made me think of like, you know, two games that oftentimes are seldomly talked about. Um, and again, it could be because of the bubble you and I are in and our, our esports, but is Minecraft and Grand Theft Auto V. Those are two games clearly, clearly are just, you just have fun. And there's a lot of options, there's different ways you can. And right now, Minecraft is four o'clock on a Friday, is the third most streamed game on Twitch right now. And Grand Theft Auto is, is number five. And Minecraft, like Minecraft is, see, so that's, that's interesting, right? Because those games, you have this creative side of it. Like there's worlds, right? Real worlds. Mm -hmm. You can jump in and, and just immerse yourself. But those games are built so that you can literally choose the product you're signing up for. It's going to be casual. Like you said, go farm a pig, go build a fence, go, you know what I mean? PVE it out, enjoy yourself. And then there's kind of, of course, there's a sweaty Minecraft stuff. I've seen like a literal Valorant game mode in Minecraft, you know, where, where people have these skill caps and stuff like that. But yeah, the, the nature of that game, you know exactly what you're going to play when you get into it. Well, and I think, I think maybe like, maybe that, maybe you described, described a second option for companies, but that is probably a little bit more difficult, which is either a pick a lane or two build such a diverse world and like portfolio that like, 
because you have options to use because to use yeah because to use world of warcraft as an example you know if you got on tonight and you did a, a mythic raid or 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 oh yeah like i could choose if PvP, i want to you could difficult. sweat you could be you could be like counting time i mean like some of the you know like there is that side um Maybe maybe yeah, that's what it is. Maybe that's yeah. literally what it is right there. Games that don't have full both, like stark differences between the two options are the ones that are just not going to make it in the long run. Not put Fortnite in the category that's going to make it. They have a creative world. Like you can you can literally go do other stuff. But it, it's not it's not an open world game, right? It's not really like that. Um and just to kind of touch on GTA in general, yeah, GTA has evolved so fast or so far past where the product was created, but that's because they opened the game to modding, right? Like, none mm -hmm. of these other games allow, like, devs and other creators to kind of put their own spin on the world and, and really, I guess, influence the world, other than Minecraft, other than Fortnite's creative, right? But, like, these, as it pertains to, like, actual online elements and how you interact with people, yeah, it just doesn't exist. I think I want to suggest for Fortnite and Warzone, um, and maybe some other titles could benefit from this. Apex could probably go nuts with this. Bro, there's this game. Did you ever play the game The Division? Yeah. Did you like it? Division? I played Division yeah. 2. I thought it was a lot of fun. I made it to around level 40. I didn't get to get into the deep into the PvP world, dark zones and all that, but I could see the MMO, you know, all that, all those hints of uh, the game. So basically, The Division was a game where very clear PvE zones that you could then literally step into a PvP zone. And... Again, not a new concept per se, but I think untapped by BRs. And if there was a world where I could play Fortnite and I could go two weeks, I'd be in PvE mode. Maybe it's the same island. Maybe it's, I don't know. And do something that is just PvE and fun and more casual and some kind of separate server. And then when I wanted to go, okay, boys, we're getting on the battle bus. Like imagine in Fortnite, literally from a PvE world, instead of selecting Solos Arena, you walk your character to the actual battle bus, to the island. You get see, there. See, this is the thing. Fortnite that kinda, would give me chills. See, but Fortnite kind of has that. It's just, it, it's just not ready yet. That's what creative yeah, is. Yeah, like, yeah. I think, I think yeah. creative is gonna get there because there's yeah, literally yeah. kind of what you explained in there. But dude, it's it's buried. It's buried in, in their their bad algorithm, if you will. You can't yeah. find these modes. You know what I mean? You, it's so niche. You got to know they exist. And and just the whole interface was horrendous. You think of multi-billion dollar companies. Shout out to my guys at Fortnite, but gosh, I yeah. don't like the interface at all. Like creative is just lost in there. Everything's kind of just yeah, muddy together. But I mean, I'm with you. Having the option is is very clearly what has for both of us, we could just you could just see that when you have that option, those are the iconic games. So the games you just love, right? And then there's a game mode and not not comp, no one get mad, but like normal BR where you can bring in like kind of like what Fortnite did with the tents, where you can bring in some special items into the BR, the PvP, that you only can get through killing a boss in PvE. And, and it gives you that like worth it. It connects the two. Now, obviously, like there's going to be an element of it's broken, but who cares if it's, it's pub stomping? It's it fun. should have no place in comp, nothing. But you see a dude walking around with the sword and you're like, oh my God, that kid played enough time in the PvE to get the thing imagine this like uh you 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 see in chat like if they add a global chat to like a like typing chat in fortnite you go I've never hey, guys <laughs> well yeah it'd be toxic or, or i don't know just the moment as a squad when you go oh my god guys you hear that sound someone's got the blah 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 dark matter laser in this lobby and what if what if if you kill him you get it 
Like that, that to well, me, you just reminded that's crazy. me. Though, you did just remind me though. I think what Warzone two did what, like exceptionally well, making pug games like have have a something bigger than just a pug win. Like mm -hmm. fighting for the nuke. It's some of the best content out there. Like regardless yep. of whether people hate the way the game plays out or not, like they added something to the BR that feels like you are playing for something much bigger than just the win right there. And yeah. we we don't have anything like that in Fortnite and Apex. No other game that we've seen. And again, Nuke is a Call of Duty staple. Like, let's, let's not, not kid ourselves yeah. here. But, yeah. I mean, it feels really, really dope. Even as from a spectator's perspective, watching, you know, Symphony go for that Nuke. Yeah. Hey, let's go. Let's just go three minutes at the end here. Get some people angry. Maybe disagree ourselves. Just on really honing in on, like, what things are skillful in. And like, what is the difference between something being more skillful and something being a different skill. So I'll throw out a couple topics. Okay, so let's say Fortnite. Uh, sniper headshots versus buildings. Is one more skillful or is it a different type of skill? I think these are two things that are the equal skill. In my opinion, building is, is a direct reflection of your, not only your aim, because you literally have to click things, right? And, and editing has, has all types of aim elements involved, but also just your reflexes in general and, and sniper headshots and all that kind of stuff. I think, I think to me, falls right in line with that. And I think they both belong in BRs, personally. Yeah, I think the biggest problem right now in, in all these titles too, is that there, are, there is no popular titles with, with functioning uh, sniper mechanics. And, and I think that that's causing a drought in short form content I mean, if you think about what really got gaming content on the map, it was trick shots. It was that there's just something it's, it's almost like that if you took the three points out of a basketball game, you, you just eliminate something. It's just a wow factor. It's just something about a sniper outplay even transcends into a casual audience. Like you, you could show like even apex, you watch an apex clip of somebody fooling someone. That's like the verbiage they use, you know, and, and as a gamer and as a content, you know, like as a commentator, as an analyst. I watch their aiming track. I'm like, wow, that's so impressive. But one, it's still not as fun to watch. And two, you show that to the average kid at a high school, they're like, he killed a guy. They don't get, you, you show someone quick scope, someone bam, bam, you know, like they're like, oh my. And that's what I think, you know, even think of Halo, all that. So I'm like, I really think games in general need to figure out how to bring snipers back in, into the mix. Seriously. Yeah. Yeah. And there's, there's a huge divide there too. Just people that don't, that think that's unskillful, right? But like, where's the balance between skill, fun, and excitement? In today's day and age, I mean, media literally carries downloads, carries impressions, carries your game, influences everyone to check it out. I agree with you there. Okay, here's the, here's the last one. This is Warzone related. Okay. The, the, the debate is now, like, Warzone 2 plays like PUBG. That's really how it is, right? So it's slower, a lot more about positioning, um, a, lot, a lot about positioning and versus movement. So is positioning... And movement, again, are they two separate skills? Is one more skillful or are they just different skills? Now, those are different skills in my opinion. I think okay. movement is a mechanical, you know, like the, this is something that can be practiced, practiced, practicing. You can become like literally one of the best at that. Whereas positioning, this is a, it's a different type of practice. This is like mental, right? It really comes down to strategy. There are players, and we have seen this across all BRs, players that are just smart. We call it game sense. Knowing yeah. where to be, knowing how to read the room, knowing how to anticipate, you know, opponents in, in different types of settings. If you don't have that level of intuition in the moments, and even like you said, that positioning awareness, dude, players, it doesn't matter how good you are, how good you can aim. 
this guy knows that you're you're gonna go left and they go right. You know what I mean? And they they catch you off guard. That's it, right? And that's what you just described, though, is what is the frustration of many Warzone One players that are incredibly skillful at that. They feel like in Warzone One they were able to out maneuver, out movement someone's position. And so even you've seen a lot of clips, there's been a lot of clips of like people is like, oh, I went back to Warzone 1 for a night and look what I did. And they're, lip, they're slide canceling. They're, I mean, <laughs> it is kind of impressive. Whereas in Warzone 2 though, they, they, they feel like they're at the mercy of somebody. So which one's better? And this is, this is what makes me love Fortnite. You can build. So like your positioning, as bad as it is, you, you have something to counter that. That's the problem right now in Warzone 2. And there is, there feels like there's no counter to your opponent just being maybe maybe he just has a little more RNG. The zone pulls his way, and like there's literally nothing you can do. That's what it feels like at times, and that to me is a problem. There should be a way to outplay opponents, like you said. I think I think I think it makes me think how one of the other things that the Call of Duty franchise really needs to do is they need to get uh, advanced warfare right because they're so limited right now to like current technology. Like think about it, like. They, they can't put certain outplay mechanics in the game because they have to justify it by, is it a current modern warfare? And, and, and I just think they need to figure out how to get a more technologically advanced timeline right so that they can add some of those outplay mechanics. That is very interesting. That's something that we saw, I think, with Battlefield in particular. Battlefield 5 was kind of based a little bit in the past, so it made it kind of weird. Like They had building, but yeah, you're throwing down like these real clunky sandbags and the guns look old. It wasn't very relatable. But now we fast forward 2042, right? They've kind you of positioned themselves. I love I love Battlefield in general. 2042 in particular, I really like. And they're they're moving more. The next patch is dropping, I think, today or tomorrow, is moving into a class-based system and a class-based game. Wow. So they're really doubling back down. It's, it's almost taking an old-school approach to it. So they're going back to their roots, sort of. And, and I'm so curious to see how it's going to play out. But I'm going to play that. I'm I say that. I say that to say, though, 2042 position their timeline so they can like, oh yeah, wing wingsuit gliders. Yeah, you could jump off of that and get to point A to point B, right? Oh yeah, here's zip line. So they kind of changed all these things so they can kind of fit that timeline. Yeah. Modern warfare, like you said, based on today's technology that we know of, it's not quite there. Yeah, you're you're super limited. You kind of lose the fantasy element. I think if you do that, you kind of hinder the progression of your game of what it could be. Or yeah. literally capping yourself in your own creativity. Well, maybe maybe the next micro topic we can talk about one time. Let let us know, guys, your feedback on it. But I would love to talk about RNG in games. I think we I think we think we hate RNG, but I think that is a secret ingredient that made gaming great. The thing that anything could happen, and that we are trying to min max our way to eliminate all chances of RNG. But some of the best moments in gaming actually happen in in, a, in an atmosphere where RNG is at play. When you don't expect it. Well, we'll have to think about it. We'll pull some game titles that we can relate to it and, and start to dig deep. Uh, this has just been a quick powwow for you guys to, to get caught up uh, as we start leaning into the next episodes. Thank you guys for tuning in with us, man. Hope you guys enjoyed this this topical dive. Like John said, uh, we definitely have so much more we can talk about. Y'all can, can bring stuff to us too. Make sure you check us out on social media. You can send everything to me at Monster Deface or to John at John WK Rush on socials. But yeah, John, let the people know where they can find you throughout the week before we get up out of here. Yeah, yeah, right there on John WK Rush on Twitter or hit us up on Twitter at Practice Server. We love talking to our podcast community and we'd love to see y'all over there more and helping us share ideas, create ideas, and, and give you the opportunity to be a part of what we talk about here and what we create. Absolutely. And this week, once again, guys, hey, man, skill gaps in games. What are we doing, devs? 
Are we going to be hardcore or are we going to be casual? Playing the middle ground leaves a lot of discussion and frustration on the table. I want to leave that little food for thought with you all at home. Anyways, we're going to slide on out of here. So until next time, don't forget to dance up those kills and boast those victory else. Peace, fam.